Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Giants lose on Sunday. Fall to the Raiders, the Raider team who had just fired their general manager and their head coach. The Giants lose 30-6. to Get embarrassed out there on the field and then of course adding injury to insult Daniel Jones their starting quarterback at the end of the first quarter um injures his knee and uh to talk about the Giants and what happened to make this season go so wrong and where they go from here we bring in Dan Duggan of the Athletic covers the Giants does a great job hey Dan uh, out in Las Vegas uh Dan how are you I'm good. Forgive me for any background noise because I, I grabbed a bite after the game. So I'm on the strip and I tried to find a quiet area, but obviously I can't make any promises in Las Vegas. Fair enough. Yeah, it, it is Vegas. Um, so um, I know from uh, the the Athletics um, NFL insider Diana Rossini reporting that she has a source that uh, talked to some Giants folks who believe that Daniel Jones' injury um, may be uh, an, an ACL injury. Let's work off of that assumption. We don't know if it's true or not, but if that's what people are, are thinking and worried about, let's start with Daniel Jones um, as a player. And what is this, if it is a torn ACL, what does this mean for Daniel Jones and his career with the Giants and his NFL career? Yeah, no, I mean, it's really remarkable how kind of quickly things can change in the flash of an eye, and especially a guy who you would think would have some security based on the contract he signed this offseason. But, yeah, I mean, if you play this out, I mean, yeah, I think all signs point to it being a, a torn ACL. Magically, they get in there, and the MRI tomorrow shows that somehow that's not the case, then okay. But definitely uh, the way people are reacting after the game, just all the signs point to being that. Uh, I think it becomes a real possibility he's played his last snap for the Giants. I mean, that, that might be a little dramatic at this stage, but uh, find me a couple wins on the schedule with the quarterback situation they have. I mean, Tyra Taylor won't even be able to come back for at least three more weeks, and we don't even know if, if he'll be able to come back at all. Um, so, I mean, they're looking at a possible you know, three-win season maybe, and that gets you in the top, say, three picks of the draft. Yep. We all know that there's some top quarterbacks in this draft. Yep. I don't think if you're in position to take one of those guys, you can pass on it and say, hey, well, we have Daniel Jones to be coming back off a torn ACL who, you know, I kind of feel like this regime kind of, they kind of got engaged. They didn't quite get married. You know, that contract mm-hmm. they gave them, they, they made sure they left themselves an out. Now, listen, next year it'd be painful because they're not getting out of the deal after one year. Right. But they always left themselves an escape, escape hatch after year two. So, again, if you play this out and they draft the guy in the top two picks, let's just say, 
Um, and maybe Daniel Jones isn't even ready for the start of the season. There's a chance he never starts another game for the Giants. Now, again, maybe he does. Maybe he's ready and they want to start him next year and let the, the rookie develop, or maybe they win four or five games. Which to me, that seems like the most far-fetched scenario, <laughs> um, but they're not really in the range to get, you know, a, um, Caleb Williams or Drake May, and, and so then they don't go quarterback. But it just feels like, you know, as we sit there today, that most likely outcome is they draft a quarterback and Daniel Jones' name days are numbered with the Giants. Yeah, if you're going to lose 30-6 to six to the Raiders, then it's hard to find too many wins on this schedule. Um, the other kind of big-picture question, so one was about Daniel Jones and feel badly for him. Um, good person, has carried himself well, but does feel like he his his time as the starting quarterback for the New York Giants may be done. Um, how do you explain big picture also just the general state of this Giants team in 2023? When you look back at last year, we thought it was going to be a rebuilding year. We looked at the roster and said, um, a lot of us, there's not that much talent on this roster. And yet, Brian Dable and the coaching staff coach them up to, admittedly with a an easier schedule, but coach them up to a 9-7-1 record and a win in the playoffs over the Vikings. How do you go from that to this? And, you know, just... I, you can tell me injuries, you can tell me the schedule's harder, whatever, but it, it just felt like everything they touched turned to gold last year, smart decisions, disciplined football. Um, Dable may be somewhat stoic in, in press conferences, but animated on the sidelines. Uh, the players seem to enjoy playing for him. All that stuff going on, and yet this year, how do you go from that? It, it just doesn't feel like the same f- coaching staff. No, yeah, you kind of hit on it. It felt like they kind of had a Midas touch last year. Kind of everything they did worked out. And then this year, it's sort of been like a Murphy's Law type season where everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. You know, you mentioned injuries. Obviously, a tough schedule to start. Didn't do many favors. Uh, but I think the, if you kind of pan back and mm-hmm. think about this almost in a two-year window, everyone, I would say, last summer thought they were going to be a bad football team. Like yes. five wins, four wins, like yep. bad team. Yep. And they – Knocked all our socks off going 7-2 and two to start. And it was like, wow, I couldn't believe it. You know, some of the teams they beat didn't end up being that good, like the Green Bay or Tennessee. But still, like, these were impressive wins at the time. Um, and they got off that great start. I don't think anyone, even inside the building, necessarily would have expected that. But if we use that as, like, a line of demarcation, 7-2, and two, blew everyone away, what a start. They've played 17 games since then, not including the playoffs. So 17 regular season games since then. They're 4-12-1. and one. So that's kind of who we always thought they were. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we all bought in. Of course you would. Why would you? The results were what they were last year. You thought they upgraded the roster. But I think if you do just kind of pull back and you say, like, the flaws that we saw last August or all last offseason, they didn't just disappear because they pulled out a lot of close games and had a lot of things go their way. So I think that's and like that's kind of the – like the not the sexiest answer, but I think that's just really what it is. I mean, they're, they're kind of who they – who we thought they were to, to kind of paraphrase another mm-hmm. quote that's been out there yep. from uh, Dennis Green. Yep. But it is that I think that's really what it comes down to. And listen, they haven't gotten breaks. I mean, they very easily could have beaten the Jets. They very easily could have beat Buffalo. They got those breaks last year. That's how an NFL season is. Most games aren't blowouts. I mean, granted, the Giants are, are kind of challenging that theory this year. <laughs> but usually games come down to the wire, and they just won most of the coin flips last year. And then this year, obviously, like I said, those two games um, really kind of sealed their fate. They won those two. You know, maybe the Jones injury still changes the tenor, but. Once they lost those to you, two and six, and, you know, I think they're kind of turning back now, especially with the Jones injury. 
You mentioned that last year it felt like they were getting some of that luck and those breaks and not getting it this year. It also felt like because of the low expectations coming into the season, we all famously think of the first game of the year and Dable going for um, the two-point conversion against Tennessee and the, and the shot in the arm, the energy, the confidence that that gave to his football team, that belief. And then mm-hmm. this year, he... Now, I mean, the season feels done, but for so far this season, it's felt like he has been, I know he would hate this term probably, but coaching scared this season, yeah. um, not aggressive, and almost like last year he had felt like he had nothing to lose. This year, because they were a playoff team last year and there were higher expectations, um, it feels like he's not injecting that sense of, of confidence into his football team by being, um, I don't know, so conservative, so scared, so worried. How do you read him this year versus last year? No, I, I definitely think you're onto something because, yeah, there was kind of house money last year. If they lost that Tennessee game, who cares? Everyone thought you were going to lose, you know, and it was kind of like they went for broke. And then you even remember, it's kind of funny, a full circle thing, Randy Bullock, who actually is on the roster now as a kicker, he missed a makeable field goal there that would have still lost in that game. So that goes back to the thing we're talking about where luck just seemed to go their way, mm-hmm. um, you know, starting right from that opener. But, yeah, I think even if you go back to last season, and I used to remember this stuff chapter and verse, yep. but now the nine games of this season are kind of poisoned my brain a little bit. But even in the second half of last year, there were times where I felt like, well, wait, where's that aggressive day? Yeah. So I, I kind of think of right. the Washington tie where yep. he coached that game very conservatively, and I'm sure that – you know, they had reasons for it. The analytics said the tie was the best thing for him. And obviously, you know, it did get him getting into the playoffs, but it felt like he had kind of pulled back. So I think it's a, it was a lot easier when they were playing with house money. And then I was, as last season progressed, um, I think he got more conservative at times. And this year, yeah, I think it more just goes back to like that Murphy's Law thing. Cause I mean, they have gone for it on some fourth downs and not gotten it. I mean, they even had one today where they, you know, they did the Philly sneak and got stuff. But it just feels like whatever button he's pushed this year hasn't worked. I'll agree he's been more conservative. But I feel like there's even been times when he's been aggressive and that hasn't worked. And it's like, you know, so much of it is just, you know, what happens when the ball is snapped is sort of out of the coach's hands. And you'd hope the results just kind of favor you're making the right decision over and over. And it just feels like whichever decision he makes, whether it's, you know, you kicked the field goal last week, they missed the field goal. Like, it, it just feels like nothing is going right for them this season. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Talking to Dan Duggan from The Athletic about the Giants. And the other thing is there are are a lot of head-scratching decisions this year. One You just mentioned going for it on fourth and one, and they do the quarterback sneak, uh, tush, push, whatever thing. And that seemed odd to do with a quarterback who was coming off of a neck injury. And now you're going to shove him in there seemed like a, a bad idea. But even putting that aside, the thing that I'm also wondering about there seemed to be some really puzzling, poor roster decisions, personnel decisions this year. Coming into the season, for instance, with no uh, punt returner on the roster, which seemed obvious, um, I think, to yep. a lot of people, and not a surprise when the, you know Eric Gray when that didn't work out. If you watched the preseason, which I know you did, I did. Um, he wasn't comfortable, so no punt returner. Um, and then, of course, that, that ends up being a problem. Or Josh Azudu as the you know, backup tackle, and all it took was one injury, and he's in there, and yet if he's the backup tackle, you've played him at guard all through the preseason, and he doesn't take snaps at tackle, and now you're tossing him in there at, at left tackle, um, and he didn't look prepared for that. Or uh, Tommy DeVito as the... Huh. You know, as the quarterback last week, and it looked like Brian Dable and Mike Kafka did not trust him to throw a forward pass because it was raining out. And versus having a a Matt Barkley, let's say, who's played in Dable's system before as a veteran, you know, would you have him on the roster? Whatever it is, there are a number of we could keep. I could keep going on. I'm sure you could add, you know, five more. But there have been personnel decisions that if I can sit here as a sports talk radio host, not a general manager or assistant general manager, and they seem obvious to me. What I wonder about is, isn't Joe Shane also seeing this, and who's calling, who's making these decisions? Where does the power lie? Is it Brian Dable who is pushing for some of these decisions that are wrong from a personnel standpoint, or is that Joe Shane in the front office? Or what's going on with the dynamic that some of these things that just flat out look like a poor decision are happening? Yeah, I mean, I'll say it's, I think it's truly collaborative. I mean, these guys obviously spent time together in Buffalo, kind of came as a package deal. This isn't a situation where, like, Dave Gettleman's pulling in one direction and Joe Judge is pulling in the other, and that was the source of the problem. So I think, you know, they kind of can both take the fall for it or take the credit when things go well. I mean, I will say this. Joe Shane has a lot more input than some general managers. He almost reminds me of like a baseball general manager where they're almost like making up the lineup. Cause you'll hear like a position coach just kind of casually say, Oh, you know, like we'll talk to Dave's and Joe about like, who's going to start at left guard. And like, sometimes that's the general manager kind of like sets the roster and then the coach manages it. But uh, Joe is very involved, but so I don't think there's any power struggle there. At least I haven't heard of anything. And I'd be, I'd be surprised because those guys are really linked. No, I, um, I don't think there's a struggle. What I'm thinking of is, are they almost too friendly in a sense that is the general manager, if they are such buddy and it is this, like, in other words, doesn't somebody need to tell you, like if Dable's thinking something, doesn't somebody need to tell you, Hey, that's not wrong. We sh- that's wrong. We should do something differently. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know the, like the total interpersonal dynamics there. I mean, I would think the background they have would, would invite that type of relationship. The thing I'll say, whether whoever's making the call or whoever's responsibility is at the end of the day, you know, falls on Joe Shane's desk. They've been super reactive. I mean, all those things you just laid out are like, they're always plugging holes after the leak that we all saw coming 
get sprung. Like right. Eric Gray is a perfect example. When you're at training camp every day. There was no way he was going to be able to be a good punter in the NFL. They wait till he muffs a couple, and then they then they go and get Gunnar Olszewski, who you know guys like that were available, or right. you know Tyree Phillips. You cut him at the end of training camp. Don't even keep him on the practice squad. Then Andrew Thomas gets hurt. You don't you don't bring him back. Evan Neal gets hurt. Then you finally bring him back. And in the meantime, you get Josh Azudu playing left tackle and gets Daniel Jones killed because he's not a left tackle. I mean, that's the type of stuff you can go on and on. Matt Barkley, like they brought him in for workout two weeks ago. Don't sign him until this week. Now, listen, I don't think Matt Barkley will be the answer, but I think it would have been at least nice to have another option. And so you're like, those are the types of things that are really just puzzling because, you know, I think Joe Shane's a smart guy. And, yeah. Um, and like, it, it doesn't seem like it would fit sort of what I know of him, but just the react, the reactiveness of their moves is, is not, it's not a good quality. Obviously uh, you want more foresight and it just feels like, like, Oh wait, this problem that cropped up, maybe we need to address it rather than getting ahead of it, or at least just being even on time you'd settle for. But some of these times, you know, guys will get injured and then the replacement isn't brought in until a game is passed. Like, why are we waiting seven to 10 days to bring Justin Pugh in after you had a workout with him? Like, stuff right. like that. So, yeah, that, I mean, listen, that, that's as good a question as any. And I don't have an answer because you would just, I mean, if, listen, we second guess a lot in this business, but some of these mistakes have been first guessed. Like, yep. why is Eric Gray the partner turner? So, if, if we can see it, it's very hard for me to understand why these professionals seemingly can. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm struggling with is I should not be able to um, anticipate these mistakes before they happen talk about them see them talk about them for weeks and then to your point then they fix them the punt returner being a a really obvious one that we all talked about um even before daniel jones got hurt today there was a former giant super bowl champ antonio pierce is the interim coach uh with the raiders there were the raiders a team that you know have not have obviously been struggling. They just fired their head coach and their general manager, and the Giants may be you know finally healthy. Looking at this as a get right game, it felt like the Raiders were the team that came out fired up to play with intensity, and the Giants once again looked less intense and and just kind of flat. And did you see that? And you know what is. What does it say about Brian Dable that somehow this team just has been consistently coming out flat? Yeah, no, you're hitting on another question that I wish I had the answer to. I'm sure they don't have the answer to, and they're probably, you know, brambling to try and figure out. Because, yeah, the first half has obviously been um, just absolutely horrible for this team for the balance of the season. And, I mean, listen, today I think you kind of expected the Raiders are going to come out and hit you with a punch because, I mean – Coaches get fired, and sometimes players are maybe a little happy. They were, like, jubilant in that, in that Las Vegas locker room last week. You could see it. You could hear it from the quotes. So you knew they were going to come over uh, pretty lively. And Antonio Pierce, obviously, Giants fans are familiar with his kind of passionate personality. Yeah. Not surprising that guys rallied behind that. So, yeah, obviously, the Giants defense, which has been playing so well, uh, you know, they just got run right through in that first drive for Vegas because, you know, I think that was probably some of the emotion. But even they settled down. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones came out, and it feels kind of almost – like uh, not tactful to talk about it now he's dealing with this major injury, but he looked awful to start he the did. game. And I think, you know, maybe that was his amped up, maybe that was Russ, whatever it may be. And he didn't get a chance to work his way through it, which I'm sure he would have, because obviously the injury happens at the end of the first quarter, start of the second. So he never really got a chance to get into a rhythm. But so you combine those two factors, Vegas is amped up. Daniel Jones is, you know, uncharacteristically wild with the ball. So they have a couple, you know, aborted drives there. And all of a sudden, once he gets hurt, it was kind of like, all right, <laughs> the, the, the air just comes out of the balloon. And then, you know, Vegas just kind of ran away with it from there. But, yeah, no, the, 
this game aside, the, the first half stuff, obviously early in the year was a major problem and it, you know, it's steady a little bit because the defense has been playing so well, but you can't expect the defense to basically pitch shutouts every week. You know, at some point they were going to have a game like this where, um, you know, the other team, you know, got some plays and had some success. So it needs to be more balanced and it just really has been, if they have any chance this year, it's been basically the defense and, um, it's hard to see the offense pulling their weight now with, with Tommy DeVito at quarterback going forward here for the next couple of weeks at least. Talk to Dan Duggan from The Athletic. Um, before I let you go, Dan, just um, what were some of the reactions from the players in the Giants locker room, both in terms of um, reaction to Daniel Jones and the injury and just in general um, some of the players' uh, reaction to the game? Yeah, I mean, listen, I've been in a lot of losing locker rooms in my eight years on the beat. This was probably about as somber as it's been, and it's funny. Like, I didn't, I personally didn't really even ask much about the game. It was kind of like the Daniel Jones topic just kind of loomed over everything. And listen, he's been hurt before too, but just something about this one felt different because other times when he's been hurt, you didn't know initially how long term it would be or what whatnot. This one, obviously, um, there was a real strong sense. I mean, it's funny you're going around the locker room. It's like, oh, Saquon Barkley, Wondell Robinson, just a few. All these guys have torn their ACLs, so they they know exactly what it's like, and they also know you know pretty quickly. So none of them wanted to say it before an MRI was conducted tomorrow, but I think everyone understood sort of the gravity of what happened. So uh, not that a, a losing locker room is ever a jovial place, but it was particularly down today. You know, Saquon always kind of tries to put the positive spin on things, but even his kind of felt half-hearted today. Like, hey, we're two and seven. We can still turn it around. It's like, I don't even know if he believes that at this point. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, it's obviously been a terrible season. And then whatever you think about Daniel Jones as a player, if you're a fan, within that locker room, he's, he's very highly regarded. I mean, he's a, a good person. He's a good teammate, works hard, all the stuff you want from your quarterback, from your leader. So to see him fight back from, an, uh, you know, a neck injury and then immediately go out with, you know, an even more significant knee injury, that's just tough to see. And I think it just, you know, it just kind of weighed on the guys after this game. Yeah, it looked like, I don't know if you saw some of the comments from Xavier McKinney uh, talking about the, um, that they, whoever they are, not listening to some of the leaders and captains on the team. Um, mm. I don't, yeah, I, so I just, I also wonder, um, I don't know, is that just Xavier who sometimes maybe says stuff like that and <laughs> gets very frustrated, which is certainly possible, or um, is there some worry of the team kind of, uh, of, I don't know, Dable losing the locker room a little bit. Well, I mean, we have a, a story to chase this week, that's for sure, because, I mean, I know he made those comments to uh, Jordan Renan from ESPN, like, as the locker room was closing, so didn't have a chance to ask Dable, didn't even have a chance to ask any other players because no one else in the locker room even knew it had happened. He was just talking to Xavier one-on-one. Um, and I don't even know if Jordan fully knew who Xavier was talking about because he kind of started down that road and I said, I don't want to get too into it. But, I mean, he's talking about, you know, not listening to leaders. I assume he was going to the coaching staff yeah. and – I think it's more wink because Dable, I don't That's think it's super sounded, hands-on. It sounded yeah, like not, in the follow-up comments that it did sound like it might be the defensive staff. Right, because I don't think Dable's super hands-on. If, and it seems like he's saying, he goes to the sidelines saying, hey, we've got to change this, yeah. we've got to do this. And, and the coach is being stubborn in his eyes. I mean, tough to kind of criticize Wink the last three games. I mean, they're the best defense in the league, right. 11 points a game. But, you know, Xavier is definitely, he's not one to hold his tongue. I, I think sometimes, um, you know, it's not in his best interest or the team's best interest that he does that. Um, so this will certainly be a topic this week. But listen, this is what happens when teams lose. As much as you can talk about having a yeah. great culture and they play ping pong in the locker room, when you're two and seven, it just becomes a drag. And I mean, again, I've covered a lot of these seasons. It's rare not to have this type of stuff happen because losing sucks and they all hate it and they're all competitors and guys have different ways of dealing with it. Xavier is more outspoken. So not surprised that he was kind of maybe the first one 
to kind of crack this ice. But now the question is, does it spread? Does it become a bigger thing? And that's really the challenge for Dable. I mean, if he's got enough on his plate, he can't have the locker room kind of revolt because we've seen here with Ben McAdoo how quickly that can unravel. So I, I don't think they're on the verge of that, but like all kind of takes is one crack and then things can kind of go from there. So he needs to, um, you know, kind of get on top of this and make sure it doesn't spread. All right, Dan Duggan from The Athletic. Great stuff as always. And, uh, you know, enjoy uh, your your meal and hanging out on the strip. All right, thanks a lot, <laughs> Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.